And if we're finding ourselves or our other leaders who are struggling with this sense of superiority, we need to, that's, that's the first thing we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. that's, we need to be aware of recognize it and be aware of it. Like, this is trait number one. Um, and this will flow, a lot of the stuff we're talking about will flow through to the others, but the, that be aware of it, flag it. Mm-hmm. We're not solving it today, but this is a major problem for your business if this is happening amongst you or your C-suite. Hey, welcome to the Consultant the Coach podcast. I am here with my good buddy, Josh. How are you, my friend? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing amazing. And today, there are five things that will actually destroy someone's team. And we're going to warn our, our listeners about that because we would hate to see people do that. Yeah. No, definitely. The um, There's lots of things that can derail you from your past and the past of your team. So we're going to get into that dysfunction, how to recognize it, how to and we won't get into how to fix it yet, but that's no, that, maybe that's, some, that's the next episode. Maybe these will be funny stories about. We need to about, know, hey, what's going to happen? What are you looking for? And yep. uh, so, five dysfunctional things that can absolutely destroy your team over time. Um, I have a Bible verse. Did you have a Bible Excellent. verse? Excellent. Go for it. I was just looking one up. Go. So, well, the one I had was First uh, Corinthians thirteen, eleven, and twelve. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. There you go. When I became a man. I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. And what I like about that verse is it's just saying, hey, dude, we're adults. We should act like adults. Mm -hmm. We should not be acting like kids. And Paul's Mm -hmm. saying that to the church in Corinth, saying, hey, dude, you guys should not be acting like kids because he's talking to adults. And Mm -hmm. sometimes in business... We have adults, yep. and they act like kids. So yep. what do we do? Yeah, yeah, they're, and they're stuck, right? They're stuck developmentally for lots of reasons as, as sort of science is caught up to Scripture, right, and understanding mm-hmm. these are things that are kind of truths of the Bible that sort of, I guess, we add nuance and language around them from a scientific discovery perspective. But mm-hmm. um, no, these aren't surprising, right, when you see. And, and what we're running into, so... There are five dysfunctional traits that will absolutely destroy our team. But from the onset, these five traits actually look like positive traits until you really sometimes. flesh. Sometimes yeah. look like positive traits until you look at them a little off. And sometimes we can say, hey, I have this or this is what I do. And it's actually really blessed my business until it doesn't and doesn't scale. So that's why these are absolutely imperative. And the first concept is that of superiority, whether it's ourselves or um, our team members underneath us. If we believe we are superior to others, it over time will take our business down. Now, Now, if we think we're superior to others, what are some good things about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, first of all, one, one foundational thing I would say to all of this is two things. Um, these topics are all on a scale, mm-hmm. right? So to some degree, there is an aspect of confidence in the better than, feeling superior, that's probably important to success. So it's not all bad, no, right? No, it's not. It's also, then the second thing is as you begin to see these things in your self or your leaders, I think the one cautionary ta- caution I always give to folks is don't try to take the leap of diagnosing and understanding what led to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't don't 
unless you have a relationship with that person that you can truly get into sort of the details of how they grew up and what they've been through, and that takes a long, long time of a deep, deep relationship, don't try to, you know, diagnose, oh, you were, you know, not held enough as a child, right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, don't don't judge, no, right? Don't yeah, judge. We're not, we're not going back, but we're talking yeah. like, hey, we have either us as leaders, mm-hmm. business owners, mm-hmm. or employees that we have. Yep. If we think we are better than others yep. across the board, yep. we're like, even, I mean, we're like, okay, everyone's even. But literally, based on actions, we're like, no, I'm better than so-and-so. Yeah. Over the course of time, that is not healthy, and which is different than gifts, because we already talked about strengths, finders, and gifts. That's yep. saying, hey, everyone's equal, but we have different gifts and talents. That's very biblical. Right. What I'm saying is some people say, yeah, we have different talents, but I'm, talents, but I'm still better than. Yeah, well, and I think it's part of this is is being able to have the maturity, which is part of what we're talking about, is, is where maturity is lacking because of some... Um, what, what is it? Adolescent, um, adapted adolescent, adapted is, adolescent. Is the psych right? Term. Yeah, we're not going to get into psych. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. But if you were to talk to a but, psych, they'd say, "Hey, this is adapted adolescent." But, but what, what we're, we're talking about, right, is is if I can move hundred widgets and you can move ninety widgets, then yes, I am better at moving the widgets than you are, which is different than a feeling of superiority in terms of my identity as a human, or in our case, we would talk about a child of God and saying, I am better than you in terms of my identity and my place amongst mm-hmm. humanity, right, in theology, right? Those, that's the difference, I think, in terms of how we would define that, right? There's certain people who are better at particular tasks. Um, but I would say as a leader, if you want to scale your business, even if you are able to move 100 widgets an hour, but one person's only able to do 90, mm-hmm. you need to be able to hire and manage three who can do 90 because you can't possibly do 270. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And so. and I think a lot of it is just saying, you know, when I say superiority, we just need to understand we are all equal as humans, as, you know, now there are different levels. I'm not talking about a utopia, but hey, we need to understand, hey, we are all equal under God. Yep. Now, not I'm not saying not equal pay, not equal things, but just understanding, because there can be a sense of superiority. I'm better than. We all bring different things to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's learning to respect that. And if we're finding ourselves or our other leaders who are struggling with this sense of superiority, we need to. That's that's the first thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, that's we need to be aware of recognize the five it dysfunctional traits and be aware of it. Like this is trait number one. Um, and this will flow, a lot of the stuff we're talking about will flow through to the others, but that, we, that be aware of it, flag it. Mm-hmm. We're not solving it today, no. but this is a major problem for your business if this is happening amongst you yeah. or your C-suite. And, you know, and there's a way of saying, and I'm not saying, hey, sometimes we start businesses because we do realize we have a superior idea. I am talking on a human level, right. people to people. Yep. So superiority is first. Number two is believing that we are invulnerable or you know what someone might say is um, building up too high of a wall, saying I'm not going to let you into my life. I'm not going to let this team member into my life. Mm-hmm. Just building these gigantic walls, and like, do I really know Josh, or do I really know this employee? Or you've got to, you can't build such high walls where mm-hmm. we are not known as business owners, as fellow employees and team members. You've got to have that. And talk talk out that a little bit more from a leader's perspective. What's the impact to your business when that happens? I mean, I can guess, but I want to hear you. What you well, have to and, say. And, and, and so, and, and it's kind of interesting because we get into the solution. But from the impact to the business is we need to understand because we're all human. 
that we come in with our own bias, we come in with our own family. So for example, leading a business, I'm also a husband, I'm also a dad of four, I also have a dog, I also am very active in our community. All those things come into play. But I've run into some people, I'm like, I don't even know what your hobby is. Right. Now, I don't want to go so far over here because now we're going to get into the solution. Some people have no walls whatsoever. I don't need to know coming into work about the argument you had with your spouse or this or unless it's pertinent to things. Right, right, right. And so it's figuring out some people are too invulnerable and they're like, I'm not going to let you know anything. Yeah. Well, so where I thought you were going to go with that, where my mind goes in cultures I've been in and those I've studied, is there's there's significant implications not only for the team that person is on or they're leading, but if you have enough of that in an organization, you actually have a major cultural problem because oh, you have absolutely. Because then you have a truth problem, and if you mm-hmm. have a truth problem, you're going to get run over by your competitor, right? This this is the yeah. this is the Kodak problem. This mm-hmm. is the Blockbuster problem. This is the pick a company that's been disrupted is they viewed themselves culturally as invulnerable Mm -hmm. right which is probably made up of a lot of individuals who viewed themselves as invulnerable absolutely making a leap here a little bit but um i don't think it's too far of a leap and therefore you know that's the danger here is rolling that up into a cultural context for a company is very dangerous to Mm -hmm. its long-term health and you make a connection here um IDNS, right? That's what we had to. Is that did I say that right? D E N I. D E N I. But going back to that podcast, yes, yes, D E N I. Go check it out. It came back to the whole truth concept. Exactly. It's all about truth, and we've got to be able to talk about things or saying, "Hey, I disagree with this," or "Hey, I agree with this," because we are pro truth, pro reality. And where we're at is, hey, if companies have too many walls that are too high, that are impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we have a truth problem. Mm-hmm. Why aren't our numbers better? Well, we can't talk about that. Yeah. And sometimes for business, it's easy to talk about someone's numbers might be down because of a learning thing, but sometimes life issues come into play as well, too. I need to know if someone's having health problems. I don't need to necessarily know their health problems, but if they can't come to work on a consistent basis, it's going to drop their numbers. I don't want to... I don't want to fire someone because their spouse has cancer and they're, <laughs> but, but I you didn't know. Right. But, yeah. And I didn't know. Right. Um, I had someone a, a number of years ago. I, I literally, their performance was horrible. Just a bit. They were, went from all-star to underperforming for like three straight months. This person did not tell me a thing. Mm-hmm. And eventually we, we actually, we fired them because they just couldn't even do it. They, they no called, no showed. Well, it wasn't until several months later I then found out, oh, major relationship problems to the point of, you know, just danger. And th- and that was going on. But because the person shared nothing with us, yeah. they lost their job. And I felt horrible. But then I was like, they never told us anything. They didn't have to tell me, hey, I'm having this specific relationship problem. Yeah. But they should have said, hey, something's up in my personal life. It's going to affect my business life. Can you give me some grace? I'd love to. Yeah. But there's got to, you can't have your walls so high because sometimes there's got to be give and take. Yeah, and again, I don't want to get too much into the solutioning we're going to do in a couple episodes, but mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I always encourage companies and leaders I work with is is to really not to shy away from the concept of family system theory. 
Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And this kind of interconnectedness of uh, both how we grew up over time, as well as the parts of our lives. And so, don't don't shy away from to recognize those impacts and realities. It's just even if, and I would say as a leader, if you say, "Well, I'm really good at putting up the walls," well, there you go, ding, ding, ding. That should be your first problem. Mm-hmm. You may be setting a bad example because <laughs> that's invulnerable. Um, so don't don't get too now. Uh, don't shy now away. having too big a walls can also lead into the next problem which is being too good or perfectionistic. Absolutely. And that that's a huge problem. Some like, well, what's wrong with wanting to be perfect? Wanting to be perfect's not the problem. Right. It's someone who is so into perfectionism that they're not willing to be humble cuz no one no one hits a 1000%. Oh, maybe I do. No? We can coach about that later. <laughs> but even think of baseball. If you bat 333, which is only hitting one out of Getting a hit one out of three Even times. Just 300, three out of you 10. are an all star. <laughs> yeah. And so, this is why I, I love baseball. I mean, you're, it's because, like, what does that tell us if yeah. one out of three at bats, you're an all star, maybe even a Hall of Famer? Yeah. I, I love the illustration there. Yeah. But if we can be too perfect, it doesn't allow us to, the humility is like, maybe I can improve that idea. Well, and I'll tell you a good example of that. I worked, and I think I've mentioned this story probably a time or two because it sticks with me in my professional career, but I worked in an organization that had a lot of dysfunction around that particular topic. So I, the um, the CEO, who, again, I will not try to diagnose, but clearly had this problem around perfectionism, um, he justified it, maybe not for bad reasons, that um, if there was absolutely no question about the little details no one would ever question the big details, right? Mm-hmm. And some of that, I think, stemmed from a perfectionism that was unhealthy because what I saw was several executives who were so busy literally trying to make sure that the bullets and the bullet sizes and the fonts and the font sizes that were nested appropriately at multiple levels within a particular PowerPoint deck had to be absolutely... They spent so much time doing that to meet this unrealistic perfectionism that they lost a perspective on how to actually make any difference in the content Absolutely. So because their mind share was completely taken up with well wait a second this is the third bullet down and therefore it needs to be an arrow if it's an arrow it needs to be 14 font 14 font in italics of times new roman uh, and i'm making this up now because i don't even remember but it literally was very specific extremely excruciatingly specific mm-hmm. and I saw a number of executives who were higher than me in the organization. So I was, I was a junior. I was fresh out of grad school. They, they had zero capacity to actually provide, like, oh, well, the words in that bullet might actually be able to be improved or don't make any sense. Maybe we should actually, like, and they wouldn't change that. They would leave that even though the message was messed up, right? And, so it's and, interesting, and, right? And, and so it creates problems. The, the, the dysfunctional trait that will take out our team is if someone is being too good at the sake of losing the overarching mes- message. Right. So I, I think of either my favorite TED Talk or my favorite business concept that I've learned. What do I remember? I remember the story behind it. I remember the main points. I could not tell you the PowerPoint. I could not tell you the font size. I could not. Now, there is an attention to detail. There's an attention to detail that's important. Absolutely. You have to have that to the point that it doesn't take out. But if you remember your biggest things that you have learned from, you're remembering the story behind it. Mm -hmm. So, if anything, you know, the enemy of being too good, what I've seen is sometimes people don't get anything done. 
because it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Get it out the door mm-hmm. at 80%, 70%, 60%, or whatever whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but if we are focused on perfectionism, which also leads back into not being humble. Right. And um, and so now we have you know things that will destroy team superiority, being too invulnerable, being too good. And then there's the team member, the business owner, the leader that is needless. So this would be someone who is anti-dependent. I'm not going to be dependent on anyone because someone might hurt our business or something might happen. Now, why is that a problem that we need to be aware of? Well, I think, you know, I'll share a personal story on that one. I think that's one certainly that hits home for me as a leader because, you know, I, I grew up without getting into tons of my background um, in this case, because this is not my session of, yeah. for therapy. But, um, you know, my background, especially during, you know, teenage years and, and sort of the 7 to 17 range we're talking about, were several things that happened where um, I probably had particular developmental needs that were not met, emotional needs that were not met. And so I learned pretty early on that having, needing nothing from no one was a really easy way to oh, protect myself. Right. And I still struggle with that. Like me, I mean, absolutely. Because I mean, obviously as an independent consultant, I, it is all me. It is right. You. And, and it's a problem because it, it certainly lends some momentum to the voices in my head that I have to fight that are not true, that are mm-hmm. not reality. Right. That continue to, to remind me that, Oh, it's just, you know, it's all about you and you can't depend on anyone. You don't need anyone. You can't get, you can't look what happens when you depend on someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it reinforces because you almost, it's a, it becomes a, um, What's that called? Uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. right? Because because then, then you push people away to the point where they won't fulfill your needs, and you well, see, they can't meet my needs anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, and, I will say personally, that's a hard one. It, and and so you know, so the dysfunction is being needless or anti-dependent. Yeah. Now I'm not saying the other all these perspectives. Some people are so dependent. You're like, you, you need to kind of think for yourself, and yeah. that can be. But wow. I would say, you know, in terms of, um, I would think, I would venture to say, there's an off-the-cuff idea, and maybe, I don't know what you think about this, but for anyone who's risen to like a CEO C-suite level, likely you're somewhat in this category of being Absolutely. anti-needy, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're super needy you're, and you're, you're very codependent, you're likely not going to be listening to this podcast yeah, <laughs> or even, right? That's it's possible, but unlikely. I would venture to say an interesting team building exercise would be for folks to come up with uh, a list of professional and personal needs that they, even if they could meet on their own or they could purchase on their own, mm-hmm. like because a lot of times you can buy your way out of needs oh, you pretty can. easily, right? Great. Yeah, I mean, I just put it into Starbucks, and <laughs> my Starbucks app, and they meet my needs. Um, yeah, I don't have to ask anybody for anything. It'd be really interesting to see if you could actually go to the extent of having your executive team share one personal and professional need and have them all try to meet that for each other mm-hmm. right absolutely let yourself out there be a little needy to the point of actually letting someone else for free for the purposes of just meeting your needs go help you do it even if you could hire someone to do it well and that you know doing that come on my yard i mean you know whatever rolls perfectly into the last and fifth dysfunction which is someone who is too much in control mm-hmm because they, yep. you're in, and the problem with being yep. too much in control from a business owner's point of view, 
is it doesn't scale. Yeah. So if you tell me um, I'm going to be an independent contractor and I'm only going to do small handyman things, you don't necessarily have to address things. But the point you want to scale a company and have more than 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 employees, and get, yep. you have to be able to scale. Well, if you have to be in control over every single thing, it won't scale. Yeah. So people can't be too much in control because and we also only have so much time. Right. Yeah. No. And that's where, um, and that's also where, you know, technology comes into play. But even with technology, you've got to learn to find ways to depend on other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can't, eventually you can't sell the product and build the product and test the product and manage the customers and you know you, there are not there are not enough skills in one person in this world to have a one person business is doing all of those things yeah. right um, you have to and then by being so in control we actually prohibit those we're working with growing as well too to be successful and yeah. that's what we really I and mean, if we're going to be a great scalable business we have to invest in others and let them fail i'm not going to say to my kid oh you didn't do this perfect my son's only 10 years old. Of course he's not going to do it perfect. Right. I'll settle with most of the dishes being clean. Yeah. Yeah, he messed up on two of them. That's fine. We'll work on that the next time we do dishes. Right. And I, I use that as a little kid problem, but it, we do the same thing with our company. Most orders are correct. You know, got to scale it and protect your company. So uh, if we don't have enough in control, if, if we always have to be in control, that is a huge dysfunction that will hurt us long time. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, the five things, hey, superiority, being too invulnerable, being too good, perfectionism, being too needless, anti-dependent, or being too in control, in other words, you know, problems don't scale, that can thoroughly take out our businesses, take out our life, or whatever it is we're trying to do, because it, it, we're meant to do life in community. Yep. And just a little preview of next week, then we're going to look at the flip side of all five of those, right? How do we're we fix to, it? We're going to look at how to, well, well, I don't think we're going to get into fixing next week. We're going to look at the traits, right? The traits yeah, that actually. Five traits to save yeah, your team. Save the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the ingredients, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because each one of these, there's a polar opposite. And there is no perfection. You know, what I use in my coaching is if I can be in the healthy traits with my team, even mm-hmm. 65% of the time, right. that is good enough. No one hits 100% back to perfectionism. But if we can hit 65% in the right traits, that is golden. Yeah, these are these are all, um, these are on a gradient, all of these, right? These are sort of moving from really dysfunctional to overly dysfunctional, and we're shooting for somewhere in the middle. Absolutely. Okay. So hey, next week, five traits to save your team. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to us at theconsultantthecoach.com. Um, hey, we'd love to help your team, and uh, until then. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye.